get started. I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Theobald. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Jason, if you're anything like me, you've seen the discourse around comics for a long time. Nowadays, it's all unboxing videos and remember that time Spider-Man picked up Thor's hammer and didn't even kill anyone. Is he stupid? And then like six more unboxing videos. Now, we like to give people what they want here at World's Second Finest, and I'm not above a little pandering. So I started unboxing some Funkos, some prestigious hardcovers, some pops, some old runs of comics I bought on eBay, and even some Funko Pops. Now, I'm neck deep in cardboard, literally. It's difficult to get to the kitchen and feed myself. It's a serious problem that I'm starting to have. I think my wife either took the dog and left, or they're both being crushed under premium packaging currently. Uh, that's when I like to take the $23.14 reward from the YouTube algorithm and just start fresh, Jason. I just, this, this apartment's done, I need to start fresh, so I burn it down, because it's a logistical nightmare otherwise to deal with otherwise. And as I'm skipping town, I realize, yeah, I got a couple of boxes of comics in the back seat. And with the police closing in and a little bit of time to read, well, that's, I like to slow down, pull one off the pile and give it a read. And if I like it, I bring it here to the two read pile. <laughs> As always, Amazon affiliate links below if you can't make it to your local comic shop and you need uh, help finding something. Um, and YouTube is always going to have these shows. I'm actually current on the bat books but i'm not current on the to read pile because the to read pile is tougher to source like visual stuff to put on yeah so yeah especially when i come, come out eventually especially when i come the, with like confederacy of dunces yeah you come in you're coming in here with like some weird esoteric stuff jason and i'm just like i am like trying they're like 600 by 600 jpegs of this stuff online and i'm just like i don't fucking know man we're gonna do the best we can Jason, what are you pulling off the to-read pile? I'm pulling off, finally, finally reading the uh, second volume of the Hobbstown Mysteries, The Cursed Hermit. Eagle-eyed listeners will know that we talked about the other Hobbstown mystery book, um, The Case of the Missing Men. Mm. We loved it. We championed it. As far as I'm concerned, both of these Hobbstown mystery books are so fucking good. Oh, yeah. Oh, just 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 inject it into my veins. Like every everything yeah. about it. Everything about it is, so, so is great. What is this one about? This one is is about uh well two two of our mystery team uh over over winter break are sent to a a, a really strange school and uh well really weird things happen this at, at this uh school. You know, like uh, just seems like they might be monsters of some sort, like brainwashing the kids to the brainwashing the boys to be uh, violent, brainwashing the the girls to be like dumb and compliant, and like they're like pairing them off. It also begins with like the entire. It just drops you straight into the weirdness, which like I just immediately chuckled when yeah. I first yeah. cracked open the book, and just like the whole town is gathered to like watch this hermit like walk across a field and then he yep. collapses and points up at a building that's this school 
and starts screaming. <laughs> yep. And yep. It's it's just it's uh it's, it's it's part of the town's rich history, Jason. Yeah, yeah. It's oh man, it, it just immediately is like Twin Peaks David Lynch, like oh yeah, all all the way. And I, I don't want to get <clears throat> too far into like the details, but I will talk about the beautiful beautiful weirdness of this book you know because it's it's not enough that like the well it, it is enough that the art's just gorgeous there's like so many things about it that I, i've picked that up I books adore. for less oh yeah uh but like the how they get weird with the figures with the 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 supernatural like elements of it is yep. just that's not just like style you know like that's like that like intention of like wanting to be unsettling you know like like yeah. um yeah like I, I like i guess i'm a more uh i wouldn't exactly call this an all ages book necessarily but it's a more like family friendly like jinji ito kind of kind of thing you know when, when they get <laughs> That's to the kind weirdness. of a funny description family friendly jinji ito manga yeah is what hobstown mystery because it has that it has that like teen detective kind of like you know ambiance to the book which yeah. kind of like grounds it in a little more innocence yeah than the horrors that they are inflicting or yeah. inflicted upon them yeah and and the the characters are like oh i think i probably i probably talked about this when we talked when we talked about the first volume but the characters are just so distinctive and so endearing. Like even just like yeah. the ancillary, like town folks, like the other kids in the school who aren't really the main characters apart from the the mystery crew kids and Pauline. Mm -hmm. Great name. That was my Nana's name was Pauline. That was my mom's <laughs> mom name. So like that, that's always like, but she's just such a great character and exactly the kind of girl that I would have had like the biggest crush on in high school. Just like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. <laughs> like, just like the, you just, you, you want to spend time with all of these characters and yes. you want to like, you want to see them succeed. Like you're in it. They're so well fleshed out that you're in it there with them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's just, um, so like I had noticed like, because the, the, the 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 figures can be so i just really appreciate little like i don't know like like folds and someone's like fat on a body you know just like one little line yeah. just like kind of especially with like figures like this that are like i guess for lack of a better term like at least more simplistic looking like i know they're really not but like just the kind of style sure, that it is it's not high detail superhero comics it's it's different than that yeah yeah but just those little just those little details of like lines on a face or like on a body when someone's in motion or like in a crouching position like i just really appreciate just that little just that little bit but like my god like and the only and I, I was talking to you about this before the my only small gripe is that i just really wish i could have both these books in like a nice like european album size yeah. format yeah 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 because because i nice I, and big hardcover like yeah 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 because i should have finished this book by now but i just spend so much time on the pages like there's just so much to go back over and to just drink in and oh this the, the cross hatching 
I've never, yeah. I've tried my entire life to become like, even like passably okay at cross hatching. And I just, oh man, I like the first year of, uh, art school, I, I tried cross hatching on like one thing and I was like, I ain't got time for this. Like <laughs> there's, there's no fucking way I'm going to start sinking my time into doing this. It, it's just it cross hatching to me is is like a um it it's like a, a especially good cross hatching it's like in music whenever i hear like fuzzy guitar and synth i'm like huh i'm like all right mm-hmm. all right you got you got you got a hook in me i'll i'll i'll, I'll pay this some of it like and when it's done like super well it's just like exactly my shit you know it's just exactly yeah, just yeah, it's yeah, yeah. right right in a sweet spot for me sorry i'm looking up the um the artist who does lock and key yep because you were mentioning cross hatching uh gabriel rodriguez is Mm. is the artist incredible phenomenal cross hatching in that book yeah well and look up uh look up abby howard i brought one of her books to the two read uh the the last halloween i believe she was on that that penny arcade show like ages right, ago when they tried to do a strip search. Yeah, that's it. But like, um, and, and she's released a few video games at this point. That's kind of like what her and uh, her, her husband now, I don't know if she are doing, but like her cross hatching always, always blew yeah. me away. You know? Yeah, man. Some of the, some of the detail work that uh, Gabriel does in lock and key and, and all his work is like, it, it, breaks my brain it's so good it's i'm like i i appreciate he's he was a former architect i don't mean to go off on about lock and key because i mean i'm not even a super fan of lock and key or anything yeah but he was a um i read the first trade of it and i was kind of medium on it but uh his art gets he gets a little looser as he goes Mm. he was an architect before he was a comic artist and you can tell by like the level of precision that he puts into the cross hatching, it's like, oh yeah, an architect made this. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and like the backgrounds in Hobbstown Mystery are just, and it, and it just lends to like the atmosphere of of everything and the creepy atmosphere mm-hmm. of. Oh, that that reminds me. I've probably mentioned it before, but the um, uh, t- you know, I'm not even gonna try to uh, pronounce the man's name, but the the. Uh, artist and creator of like Ghost in the Shell and like Appleseed cast, you know. Uh, yeah. Before he became uh, Mazamune Shrow, is that I, his name? Yeah, it sounds right. I, in, in my head, there's like three different ways I pronounce it, and none of them are right. But he apparently, before he became uh, a, a manga artist, he was uh, like a weapons designer for like defense contractors. <laughs> so okay, like, it makes sense or, or like that makes sense or, or like did something where he did technical drawings of those like i don't know if he like designed but like he was right. like a, and so like yeah when you look at just like how detailed his like tanks are and like all the machinery and shit right. and, and like goes to seed characters yeah like yeah 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 it makes total sense that he's like oh i figured out how this functions yeah yeah exactly like yeah if someone could only figure out the engineering and materials behind this they could make like you know ed 201 was it Ed Two Hundred One yeah, or Three? Right. Ed Two Hundred One, yeah, and uh, RoboCop. But yeah, man, Hoptown uh, Mystery. Hoptown Mystery. I hope. I I know there was some like buzz around them for a bit, and like what they got picked up by Oni, was it or Image that was going to do yeah. a reprint of some stuff? Yeah, like, Oni was going to do some reprints, and then they were going to do the next 
the next story. Um, I know they're also recoloring yep. or coloring for the first time. These first two books. I'm not sure what the status is with everything. And these books are thick. They're like 300 pages. Yeah. So, you know, I know that stuff takes time, but I'm like, you know, waiting with bated breath for the next one. I'm like, I'm all in on these books. I have read uh, both of these, uh, both of these trades multiple times at this point. And yeah. I, I mailed you those trades yeah, that, you, you that you read and you're bringing to the to read pile. Yeah. Like, I love these books. I love these books. I think everyone, everyone who likes comics and isn't just reading superhero stuff. They're reading all kinds of things. You do yourself a favor, pick up the Hobbstown mystery books. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is a great example of like, you know, how to tell uh, a story in comic book form Especially for, you know, I, just, I think it would be especially great for people who mainly read like, you know, more mainstream like superhero stuff of like, here's how you can tell a story, which is just for the most part, like people talking, you know, yeah. and like make it compelling yeah. and interesting and, you know, suspenseful and right. and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love, you Those know, books I'm a, are so good. I, 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 I'm about to like, you <laughs> In a joking manner, I want to be like those ang those those fans angry at George R. R. Martin, who's like taking so long to like. It's like, yeah, I know you don't just like write it in a day, but come on, come on, I need my I need my constant content gruel. Yeah, please, my slop, I need it. Yeah, well, I think it's because it's good slop. It's such a, well, it's not slop. That's yeah. the thing is that it's like it's this not is like, slop. Yeah, it's not yeah. content. It's like lovingly crafted, beautiful yeah. work, and it's like. Okay, we might get another one. We might get a fourth book. I don't know if we're going to get anything after that because this stuff takes time. Oh yeah, and it's it's difficult to do. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I and I also love that the creators were childhood friends and like have been making stuff together for a while. Oh yeah, like, that's it's so good. Yeah, that's always that's always I I always loved it when I I always loved how um it just sort of became a thing where like uh the only person who would ink. Joe Quesada's pencils was Jimmy Pomiati, you know, like, yeah, yeah. It, you know, they were just like best buds and they're just like, yeah, man, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be my inker, you know, like, yeah, he's my guy. Yeah. Oh, so good. I, I can't wait. I'm probably going to read the first book again after I, after I finish this. I'm probably going to read both books <laughs> because you just brought them up and I'm going to read them again. Fuck. Yeah. That's how. Yeah. I fucking love these books. They're so good. What do you, uh, what have you been reading? Well, I haven't been reading anything. I now forgot how to read movies. again, huh? I forgot how to read. Yes. <laughs> watched a couple <laughs> movies though. Do you want, can I, can I take us to the movies? Yeah. Let's go. Let's all go to the lobby. This is at the movies with Siskel and Ebert and Jason and Nick and Siskel and Ebert are not here. Please don't sue us. <laughs> if it had a mind, you could reason with it. If it had a body, you could shoot it. If it had a heart, you could kill it. I watched The Blob with, with my lovely wife. We watched the 1958 version. Oh, hell and we watched yeah. The 1988 version. Hell yeah. And I would like to bring them to the pod. Please. The please 1958 please. version 
uh, and there, it's it's a creature feature, which was common in the 50s and 60s. You'd go to like a drive in with like your girl and they would double feature a couple creature features and like the scary part would come up and your girl would be like, oh, you know, like that, yeah. that kind of like kind of thing was super popular back in the day. And in this one, the creature is the blob and like they would have all kinds of different like creatures that they would shoot like it'd be giant spiders but they would just like get a tarantula and like shoot it like you know very low and close to the camera to make them look big and then like composite like a model on top of it or whatever you know like yeah so it was they were using like all the trickery and practical effects that they possibly could in order to like get it to be believable the the blob is a lot of like strawberry jam preserves through this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it since I was a kid, but yeah. I've, Have you seen both versions? I don't think I've seen the, the one in the eighties, the only sort of eighties updated version of the blob I had seen was in uh creep show two. Okay. That was Not, like, a, this isn't a, anything like that. Yeah. No. I'm, so yeah. the blob in 58 stars, um, a young but not young enough Steve McQueen for the part. <laughs> the you spend you spend a lot of time in the opener. Like for the first like half an hour of the movie, you're like, how old is this character supposed to be? Because Steve McQueen is 29. He looks fucking 40. And well, it was he's supposed to be playing like he's supposed to be playing like a teen. Like just getting into trouble, like, like I got out of high school and like necking with my girl, you know, like, and, and he, he looks 40 and you're just like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. And then like he bumps into like this other crew of dudes who are just like driving around and hanging out and they have this like adversarial relationship and you're like, oh, oh, things are about to go down. And then suddenly they're friends and I'm like, I don't know what what the fuck I'm watching in like the best way. In the best way where they're just like making choices. They do like this weird car prank thing where they drive in reverse and like Steve McQueen's got his girl and then who's basically a non-character. She <laughs> Jason in like an hour. She has like six lines. It's tragic. <laughs> anyway, Steve McQueen's got his girl king of cool over here. And then the boys want to like race him. And so he tricks them into this race backwards and then they're like okay once you get past the light that's gonna be the finish line so he traps them behind the stoplight and then and then he's like oh, i outsmarted them but then the police roll up and they're like what the fuck are you guys doing you know there's a lot of this movie is centered around like pranks and conversation not a lot of blob activity yeah there, not a lot there, in, in older movies like this especially of like this kind of genre or this kind of like budget there there's a whole lot of like i don't know if they did it in the editing room or if it was just the script but like there's a whole lot of like anyway moving on like that that yeah <laughs> that I, just go that so, just goes on it also has like all those things that come with being a movie from 1958 where like the cop comes up to the car and Steve McQueen's like giving him shit and the cops like, OK, you kids, no horseplay, you know, like that kind of thing where you're just like, <laughs> yeah, this is the same guy that like, you know, police at the time that like, you know, wasn't being portrayed as this. People didn't know about it unless you were part of these communities where like police 
we're sometimes in like active warfare with like black and brown communities. Yeah. And so you're so it's this like wholesome facade on this like this world that is not that. Yeah. But like for all intents and purposes, everyone in the blob is white. So, you know, we're all we're all good to go. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, is, no, no trouble here because they're all white. And so much of this movie is like it peaks with like the gang from Riverdale is going to take on the fucking blob. It's, it's so weird, Jason. It's so strange. You can find this movie on YouTube, the 58 version, 1958 version. Um, it's just on YouTube. You can just watch it. It's very, very good. It was Shannon's favorite of the it, two. It's like, yeah, it's like the gang that uh, in an early episode of uh, of that uh, Danny DeVito is in of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where he's like, yeah, I'll bring my old, old gang around. And they're just an old doo-wop group because it was like the <laughs> early 60s when they were a gang. It's like, yeah, that's what like in those movies, like there's, that's what like gangs were portrayed as. So like there's Steve McQueen and his girl. And uh, let me let me give you a little quick synopsis. Mm. And. They're, uh, you know, making out in some like lover's lane, like, you know, lover's point or whatever. And they see an asteroid fall to Earth and there's an old homeless man with a dog and he finds the asteroid first. The homeless man does. And it it breaks open and this goo comes out and the goo aggressively attaches to his hand. And they're like, he's, you know, panicked at this point because it's like eating him, basically. Yeah. And then. uh he runs out of the woods. They, you know, they see the comet and they're like, we're going to go check it out because they're kind of into ast- uh, astronomy. Um, anyway. They find the old man, they get him in the car, they bring him to the doctor. The doctor is like, I, I guess we can treat him I, like he's like kind of put off. He's like out the door to go on vacation. He's like, I fucking guess. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, Let's bring him in. Yeah, he's like, listen, it's 1958. I still prescribe cigarettes to my patients. All right. Like, I don't know what to <laughs> right, do with exactly, this. Like, exactly. Exactly. So he gets the guy in there and he's like looking at the fucking blob and he's like, yeah, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta read some of my dusty books. And he's like taking out his books he's like trying to call other doctors in the area and he can't get a hold of anybody. And like he gets a nurse in there to come down because like the man's dying. He's going into shock and he can't figure out how to get the blob off him. Um, the, the woman, the nurse comes in, uh, this woman, Kate, and it's very 1958. It's like she is hysterical he is the calm man who's going to make everything right. Who's if, if the dang woman wouldn't would just stop yelling, like we could handle this, you know, like that kind of like dumb 1958 crap. But it's like, it's kind of funny to see in retrospect and the whole movie. I'm wondering, by the way, do people talk like this in 1958? Am I just so far removed from 1958 that like this dialogue seems weird to me but i don't know if it's weird to me because it's written weird or if it's weird to me because it's 1958 and like i can't i don't know but probably anyway. a little both <laughs> so the blob uh i think kills the nurse and then the doctor uh 
Mm. The Steve McQueen sees the blob eating the doctor. He's just covered in raspberry jam. It's fantastic. Great shot. <laughs> um, Steve McQueen's trying to be like, hey, police, you know, we got a blob situation on our hands. Like I, you, some of you need to deal with this. There's one cop just a comically large axe to grind against children pulling pranks. And so he's like these fuckers, the uh, like to the point where it's like. He is so entrenched in this load bearing grudge to his entire personality that like he he it's it's just it's funny. It's it's so comically angry. And then in the 1988 one, the analog that he has for the 1988 one, the guy's just mean. It's not as fun, you know, Mm. like the 58 one is a lot more fun in this respect. Yeah, it's it's almost Um, like the uh, almost like the Dean in Animal House. Right, like, like right, oh, right, exactly, like exactly. Shaking his fist, and I'm gonna <laughs> get these kids. Uh, so eventually, the the blob gets bigger and bigger. People start getting on board. Um, I was really hoping for like a giant blob just rolling through the town, like Godzilla style, miniature. Pour raspberry jam on it. Everyone's dead. You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah, like a, ra- a raspberry jam is, katamari. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, what happens is, is that uh, they kind of get like uh, Steve McQueen and the girl kind of get boxed into they're like on the case to solve this. It's very much Riverdale and the boys like come to solve the blob mm. and they get trapped in a diner and they realize that uh, even though you can't shoot it. You can freeze it with CO2 doesn't like the cold. So. The government just like gets on the horn or the police department gets on the horn with the government and they're like, hey, we got a blob situation. Come drop it in the Arctic. And the government's like, will do. <laughs> That's just it. The movie ends. And the last line of it is Steve McQueen being like, well, we're safe as long as the as long as the Arctic's cold, which is an ominous line to drop in 1958. <laughs> Some. Oh, God, some wild premonition happening there. Oh, man, that's that's a little It's so fucking good, Jason. There's so many great lines. They use um, a colonial. This is what got me on the whole blob tip. The thing that made me blob pilled was that uh, there's a shot of the colonial theater in 1958 um, this movie theater that's like extremely vintage. It's still in operation today. Oh, it's nice. a beautiful theater. And they host every year. They host Blob Fest and people dress up in 1958 clothing. And like you can uh, enter a raffle where they have 300 people like panic run out of the theater, just like in the blob in in character and costume. And I was like. This is amazing. That's great. I got to get to, first of all, first of all, got to get to Blobfest. It's somewhere what? in Arizona, I think. Oh. Um, got to get to Blobfest. And then secondly, I'm like, this movie's got to have some, some gas to it if they're doing this, you know? And it definitely does. Great lines through it. Very quotable. Very fun. And a very too old Steve McQueen making you very confused in the, in the early <laughs> offset. Very yeah. fun. Yeah, I, w- I was looking at some screenshots of the of, of the 1958 as your time. I'm like, yeah, Steve McQueen definitely has a um, a uh, 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 
Luke Perry in 90210 vibe. We're like, mm-hmm, it, we're mm-hmm. like, oh, oh yeah, he well he graduated last year. It's like, no, that man is two years away from retirement. Okay, he is not yeah, right, recently exactly. a high school student. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that man has huh. has two ex wives, and the alimony is killing him. <laughs> all right, like it's not like right, right. I oh man, and the whole the whole movie in the fifty eight version is that kind of like technicolor uh kodachrome kind of like look to it so the whole movie is absolutely gorgeous it's in color um anyway 1988 version rolls around and it's written by uh frank darabont he oh, wrote yeah. shawshank he wrote the mist he wrote the, wa- the green mile the walking dead um he he was yep. the original showrunner and writer of like the first season of the walking dead so some chops here, yeah, you know, yeah. and we have, we have, uh, it stars a young, extremely young Kevin Dillon with this like wonderful mullet. He's a bad kid. He's got his motorcycle, his leather jacket. It's fucking perfect. There's these, these little glimmers of like, you know, it's a 1988 movie and they're making a movie like really putting a lot of time and energy into it. Um, but every once in a while, because it's based on this 1958 creature feature, it'll feel like that again. Like it kind of like steps in and out of like, we're making a movie, like a modern movie. And we're also like acknowledging that this is very silly. Um, the movie. They get to the diner and you think it's going to be over because that's like how the first one ended. They like found their way out of the diner and then the government just scoops up the blob and that's it. But like you're only halfway, maybe three quarters of the way through the movie. And it just like twists and twists and escalates and escalates until you get like a giant blob, like just rolling down the street, murdering people. And it's fucking sick, Jason. It, it It's perfect for the time because 1988 was like we're we're, we haven't started yet getting into cgi so they're using like like they there's a set of the the diner itself and then out the window there's a half scale or quarter scale miniatures of the street across from the diner that is a real location because they showed it at the exterior. It's like real buildings. So they're like, you know, mock it up in like half scale for this set. And it's, it's so good, dude. The blob is like composited in there. It's, it's like veiny and weird. And like, it's, it's less blob form. And it looks like, it looks like muscles without structure. It's like very disgusting. Yeah. Very Um, visceral. The, yeah, the blob. Okay, the first kill that the blob has, other than the old man. Oh man, there's so many good kills. Actually, <laughs> there's the the movie has tons of. If you want to get blobbed, Jason, the '88 version is what you want. Like the the '58 version is like 11 percent blob, maybe, and then this one's like three quarters blob. Blob is killing left and right. There's one of the guys, one of the boys. Is like, oh yeah, I get uh uh he's like a player and he opens this trunk. He so he drives girls out to like point like a 
like a place where he's going to make out with them. Right. And he feeds them drinks and he's like, oh, yeah, you're wearing my ring like you're my girl. You got to get get those nasty thoughts out of your head about me being being a player. You're wearing my ring. He opens his trunk. He's got a full bar stocked in the back. Right. Like just loose bottles of alcohol back there <laughs> and like. Uh, uh, a basketball hoop and like a mirror and then he's got a box of rings that he gives to his girls to be like no 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 baby you got my you got my class he's got a box of class rings it's bonkers Jason so okay okay so he's he's feeding this girl drinks right he's like trying to get her drunk and like you know fool around with her and he gets back to the car after mixing a drink and she's passed out and he's kind of like surprised that she's passed out. And then she's like, he's like, well, an opportunity presents itself. Oh. And Jason. So he starts like creeping on her right while she's passed out. And then he's like, he's, he's like kind of something feels wrong. Turns out the blob was in her the whole time. Starts oozing out of her face <laughs> at him. Fucking murders him. So like blob killed a potential date rapist and then when the blob is in the theater when you know because they all run out of the theater it's like it happens in both movies it's a it's a set piece it's a yeah. it's a thing yeah um there's a guy there's like these two brother characters that are in this movie but not in the other one and they're in there they snuck into like r-rated stuff you know because they're because they're one of their brothers is the usher who works at the theater so they're like they, he gets them in like doesn't card them, whatever. So they're sitting there trying to enjoy the movie. And the guy behind them is just like calling out all the kills, like talking to his girl. And they're like, dude, we're trying to watch the movie. Like, please shut up. And and the rednecks like, nah, 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 don't worry about it. He's like talking through the whole thing. The blob is on the ceiling and lifts him out of the chair. He's the first <laughs> kill in the theater. And it's so fucking good, Jason. The blob has such an a extraordinary sense of justice in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, well, it could like, I, I know it's 1988, but like, it'd be great to like go back and like edit in like the Westboro Baptist Church, like protesting in the blob, just as like, blob. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just gets them all. Just like, nope, none of you. There are so many great, like, terrifying, terrifying shots in this. There's one where, like, the waitress has like tried to leave the the um, diner after being attacked by the blob. She's survived. She's out in the she's out in the alley. She's like running down the alley. She gets to the phone booth. And she has the phone number of the police chief, and she's like, "I'm gonna need help." Right. So she's like, gets in the gets in the phone booth in this tight tiny space, starts dialing, gets to the deputy, and she starts realizing that like the blob is like are, like sinking down covering the phone booth like she's trapped in there and she's like i'm trying to find the police the police captain and his corpse just like slides against the window <laughs> of the fucking thing and she's like oh no as the blob just fucking eats the whole phone booth it's so good jason it's so good uh, nice <laughs> it's all models if you like godzilla it's along those lines uh a lot of models, a lot of like uh, practical effects because it's 88 and we're pre CGI. This movie came out like at exactly the right time for like to do all these practical things. The blob looks 
less believable as it scales up. Yeah. But by the time that's happening, it's just total fucking chaos. Yeah, you're and you're in it. You're, you're just in it. You're already like, yeah, you're just in it. You've you've yeah. bought in at that point and you're just along for the ride and you're like, fools are gonna get blobbed and I'm <laughs> here for it. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, um, I was I was I was looking this up and the, the, the director went on to direct uh the mask and uh yep. the third nightmare on Elm Street. And also I didn't know, I was looking at the cast list. But uh, Del Close was apparently in this, and Del Close is this like improv comedy like legend, you know? Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like a he was like a really early like Second City guy, and like highly influential, hmm. and like like helped train like so many comedians. Like afterwards, like like you, you know the people who started like UCB, like the, were were all yeah. like trained by him at some point, and like I, I don't know what character. Oh, that's I, rad. I don't really know what the man looks like, like until like I looked him yeah. up. But like, I was just like, saw his name and I'm like, I know that name. Like, holy shit. So we talked about, um, setup and payoff a little bit in the, uh, uh, Batman books. Yeah. This movie is all setup and payoff. Like every, every moment that every character has, has some sort of payoff or twist or reckoning or something happens at some point. There's. One of my favorite parts of the whole movie is it's it's like a small part, like blink and you miss it kind of kill. There's a government guy, right? And the blob gets him. But before the blob gets him, he has two like hand grenades on him. He like pulls the pins before he's like, he's like, come get me, son of a bitch. You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the blob gets him. And then like three shots later, we see the blob in the background. And you see just like these two flashes of light, like deep in the blob. It like does not phase the thing. The hand grenades did nothing. <laughs> like it's just so good. And they don't explain it or anything like that. They're just like, we assume you're paying attention. Here's here's a little reward if you are paying attention. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And the Un- movie is like peppered pork. with stuff like that. It's so good, dude. Each each version of the movie is good in very different ways. Um, and in the 88 version, Steve McQueen's girl character who'd like barely has any lines at all. And is just kind of there to be a girl. Yeah. Uh, actually like has a juicy role in the 88 version. Like they really let her come into her own. Uh, it's like, we're well before, you know, this kind of like, what is it called? The the strong female bachel- protagonist. Yeah, yeah. The what is it? The bachel test or whatever. Oh, bachel, if bachel, like, yeah, yeah. Bachel, yeah, yeah. So we're well before any of that stuff. Any of the strong female protagonist, like Hollywood, realizing that this kind of stuff works, and instead we're treated to a girl who starts as a, a cheerleader and ends being like critical to stopping the blob um, just through the circumstances that she is in. And she like kind of grows and learns. There's um, a great part where at the end where she's like about to use a rifle and in any other movie, it'd be like, you know, she picks up the rifle and she just starts shooting, you know? Yeah. But in this, she like 
picks it up and she can't figure out how to shoot it. And then she like flips a switch on it. And then it like she shoots wildly into the air because she's like not used to the kickback. And it's like all this little stuff in the movie that gives it this beautiful, believable texture. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the Um, great. The great. Yeah, it's like the great part about like, you know, John Wick, right? Where it's like the, he runs out of bullets constantly because like, of course you would, you know, it's just a nice of little, course you would. like, yeah. in, in an otherwise unbelievable, like scenario. It's like that little bit of like realism is just nice, you know, it just yeah. it grounds you so, in there. If you like creature features, if you like old movies that are a little hokey, uh, but still very fun. If you like uh, Kevin Dillon in a mullet, um, which apparently were hair extensions that the director insisted upon. And when you see it, you're going to know why, because it's very, very good. Uh, If you're into, you know, uh, models and practical effects and things like that, uh, these movies are uh, just an absolute joy. I loved them both. That sounds really great. I want to watch. Yeah, I watch both of them. I, I should I should find the original the the Steve McQueen version. I honestly had no idea that he starred in the original version of of the Blob. Yeah, yeah. I want to check out some more Steve McQueen stuff. I'd never seen really anything he oh, was yeah. in, but he was, and he's like considered the the king of cool or whatever. Yeah, but bullet like, man, freaking bullet! A, like one of the a, best car chase scenes in any movie ever. It was bullet. Oh man, I'm excited. I'm, yeah. I gotta, I gotta watch that stuff. It, I, I feel like it says a lot when you're the king of cool, and in the same era that James Dean is also making movies. Yeah, you know? yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah, man, really great. Oh, really loved it. They should remake the Blob again. I'll, I'll watch another one, full CGI, just Godzilla, like modern, legendary Godzilla effects. For for a new blob movie, I'd be I'd be front and center. Yeah, I wonder if that was it. It, it probably wasn't a callback, because it's just a simple joke to to um to get into. But like that that whole thing with the the military guy and the the, the two grenades, how it just does nothing. Like it's like that scene in Godzilla versus Kong when they're in like the Lost World thing, and oh. it's like right here, and he just and gets, the guy's like, yeah, he's like covered in grenades, yeah. and then he's like, eat me, eat me, and, and the guy just whacks him with his tail, and he flies into the <laughs> into the mountain, yeah, harmlessly, yeah, just <laughs> it's like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't going to be so, that easy. So perfect, Jason, yeah, so oh, good, man. I got to bring some Godzilla to the next pod. I've been chipping away at the. uh millennial movies mm. the millennial era yeah uh and i've i've watched most of them i'm on to the last two godzilla final war is the last one and i know that one is bonkers can't wait to talk about it on the pod yeah. love me some godzilla love me some crushed models it's very good hell yeah practical effects all the way man all the way i hell could yeah. I, I could yeah. I, I could rant forever of like of like about like It'd just be me wanting to be screaming at like studio executives now. Be like, do you, do you realize why Lord of the Rings is timeless? It's like because they used both, you assholes. They used both. Yeah. <laughs> like, although, although, r- r- real quick aside, the Balrog doesn't look that good anymore. No, no. When they, yeah, when it was too heavy CG, it was, yeah, kind of, but for the most part, like, for the most part, for the mo- Balrog aside, I will 100% agree with you. Everything yeah. else looks 
beautiful. It's just practical effects, man. Everyone should do. It's yeah. it's it's like my opinion about uh, recording music. I believe that every band at least once, and it's not the only way to record an album, but should just do live to tape. Just live to tape. That's it. Just straight up. Don't do a bunch of tracking. Just mic it the way you want and just go. You know, it's like, yeah, get, get some get some uh, uh, model makers together and some makeup artists who want to do some crazy shit. And it, it'll be a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, man. The blob folds a dude in half in this movie. It's fucking rad, Jason. You got to watch this thing. I I really want to really want to now both of them i mean you had me at mullet with like the, the this is, is that what shannon didn't like about the, the second one she has an aversion to mullets uh i i i think okay for the record she liked both of them she prefers the mm. 58 version that's fair. i don't know if it's the mullet that did it but i i think that the 88 version lingers a little bit long mm. um and I think that part of it is because it sticks to the formula of the original, but it's trying to move fast to get to the new stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of like half an old movie, half a new movie, which can be a little weird at points. But um, I don't know, man. I kind of like the 88 version. Just better kills. Cooler yeah. blob. <laughs> little little kill. I'm imagining you with like a little clicker that like door door guys would have to make sure like the capacity I have, is I have okay. One of those. And, like, <laughs> you, you should do that for your next like like Godzilla movie watch and just click it every time there's a kill. Just be like, click. Oh man, click, but click, click. Godzilla will like level a building, and I'll be like, I I don't know, I'm just gonna sit here and click this thing a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just just click for like a minute straight. Be like, whatever I can fit in here, that's probably what was in that building. <laughs> Uh, Jason. Nick. Where can people get a hold of you? They can sometimes get a hold of me on Twitter these days a little bit. I've been uh, drawing way, way back from it, but, you know, that's that's where you can find me at King of Black Acid and at World's Second Finest. I mean, it's I'm, I'm sad to say it's kind of dead. I got to get, you know, I got to get up off my ass and, and start uh, start in on, on, on hanging out in the discord because it's really fun. I only yeah, posted man. in there once and. Everyone seems like really nice, gotta, but I just got, got yeah, to uh, rebuild that. We were habit. talking about, we were talking about, uh, Madam Web, which came out today, actually to reviews. <laughs> reviews definitely came out about one of the movies of all time. <laughs> I, I once was listening to one of my sports podcasts I listened to. I was like, so some guy was just like talking about what he thought like some team's performance was, you know, that for for that game, and he's like, "I was whelmed. I was whelmed." <laughs> yep, yep. He's like, yep. "It wasn't yep. like yeah, it was it was there. It wasn't awful. I, saw, it wasn't, I was whelmed." I saw somebody post on uh, Blue Sky that they said, "I heard that if you stay through the credits of Madam Web, you get to think about your life choices." <laughs> <laughs> You can find me at uh, linktree.com slash Nick Phil. Uh, all my relevant links are up there. I'm actually starting to lean back into social media a little bit. I leaned hard away for a while. Mm. Now I'm like, I 
really just need this to promote my work. So it's yeah. it's gonna have to I'm gonna have to be on here. Yeah. Like, as much as as much as I want to detach Jason, I just I freaking can't. It yeah. Yeah. yeah so you can you can find me on Twitter on X. Find me on X. <laughs> you won't, coward. <laughs> I dare you. I fucking dare you. Th- thank you for listening. Th- thanks for listening.